we don't even say the episode number anymore. Welcome we back to which episode it is. <laughs> no, that's true. Welcome back to BNBFC. I'm Brett. That's Brian. And today we're going to be covering uh, last weekend's fixtures. Fulham absolutely decimate United. Uh, Arsenal show Newcastle that they are not ready to be a top four club. And then we have City and United coming up in this next weekend. And we have Sheffield versus Arsenal. Um, and then, as always, we're going to be looking towards the stoppage time at the end. So, Ten Hag out. I've heard that um, new owners are saying top four, or you're done. Jim Radcliffe, hearing that. Four wins on the trot, setback against Fulham. Not that United were atrociously awful. I think United were the slightly better team, but not enough to say that like they absolutely got robbed by not getting the result. Oh, they didn't get robbed, but Rashford, horrible. You would think, I didn't think Hoyland would actually be a visible miss. Oh, yeah. But he is. And I mean, maybe maybe I thought wrongly about that because the guy that's pretty much scored in every game for the last five or six games is injured for the next two weeks. And we're relying on Harry Maguire. Like, it looked, there's a lot of set pieces, a lot of United's best effort. Like, nothing in, like, it was Garnacho drew a couple good saves, but nothing, no striker attempts, really. Like, nothing close. Like, there are some decent efforts. Leno made some good saves, but never, I don't think, any spectacular saves. He made a good one that was, it wasn't, like, an amazing one, but he made a good one on Garnacho that was, uh, like, any keeper that's, you know, he's supposed to make that save, but it wasn't easy. But it was a it was a good save. The, the problem for me with when I say Fulham decimated them is it Fulham just absolutely makes them know that United aren't who they're supposed to be. So I want to play a game with you during this segment of the United, and I'll I'll give my feedback after. But I just want to. It's going to be the um, start bench sell going forward with United after Ten Hag, assuming he's going to. Uh, be leaving. But first of all, uh, before we get into that, Tuchel has been linked with United. Ten Hag out. Yeah, no kidding. I'm, I'm telling you, I saw that link and I was like, get him out of there soon as this season. But anyways, um, okay, so first one up, uh, Onana. We'll keep him. I think he started very poorly. He was almost costing United a goal a game there at the start of the season. Has been solid. I don't think he's really had a major gaffe lately, and he's pulled off some good saves, a couple of which he really had no right to make. All right. Uh, Dowell. I don't think he's good enough to start, even as a, when a fullback where all you're looking for is mediocrity. <laughs> so you still keep him on the team, but bench him. Yeah, I think he can provide depth. I think he can play on both sides of the both sides of the pitch as a fullback and be a useful squad depth player. Okay, Lindelof. Probably the same bench. Okay, McGuire. I don't think we're going to get anything out of Like, I don't think he's... He's me. He's played a little bit better yeah. the last little while. But he might be where like a fifteen million dollar player. Okay, let's let's just when we're playing this game here, not saying that you can get rid of them or whatever, but it's more of the not saying sell, but it's like who is going, who is in who's your in project, who is in your plans, who's not. It doesn't matter if they're staying around, but on your marker, if you're going to sell them, you might not be able to. But he's on your sell or 
he's get, he has a future on the team just coming off the bench. So where's Maguire? I'm gonna bench him. Okay. I think he's like I think he I think he has been United's second best center back this year. Okay, moving on, Varane. Getting old. He's I did I. I've always worried with him the kind of demand, the physical demands of the Premier League because he's not an overly big physical player. He's good on the ball. He's good technically. He's been okay for United, but he wasn't the player that he was for France or the player that he was for Real Madrid for United. So I think he's fallen a little bit short of expectations. But he's still probably got a couple of years at the... Like, I'd keep him. You'd keep him. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Okay, uh, Martinez... Quite the I, I want him. I want him as a CDM. Ooh. Like I think he's. I think Casemiro had a great first season at United. Second year, so you're mediocre. Keeping? So I'll keep. Okay, Shaw. Keep. Malasia. I don't think we need him. Okay, Casemiro. I think he needs to go. Ooh, uh, McTominay. He needs to be the first name on the team. <laughs> Um, Erickson. Um, uh, you know, good to have him back in the Premier League. Looked good for United last year. Helped them achieve their goals. It's gonna. Uh, I don't think he really has much of a future at the kind of United. I think he's a good player, skilled player. Okay, not in the plans. Um, Mano. I think you have to keep him. Okay, perfect. We haven't seen enough of them, but it's been promising what we have seen. Yeah. Um, Bruno. He's because this is for me. Bruno is not a bench. Like it's a. He's either. You either build your team around a, a good player that he is. But I think the identity needs to. I think if you're planning to be a a team that's on the front foot, that's a possession based team that where you're not going to be countering a lot. I think he's a, a player you want in your team, but if. If you're going to be based on a counterattacking style, I think he slows the play down, and you've got you've got a lot of pacey wingers. So I'm trying to build. I'd rather build the team around like four guys that I think it's going to fit instead of trying to have one guy. So he's gone. Okay, next up, Garnacho. Bench. Bench. I don't know. I don't think he's good enough. I think he's he might be. I think he's kind of like having his. Remember Rashford's first year? Looked yeah. like he was going to be really good. Not yeah. to say, I think Garnacho will be a decent player. I think he's somebody that you just have to nurture, like, and he'll probably be a great player. You can see a lot of that, like, instinct in him. Uh, Anthony. Anthony. Yeah. He's gone. He's go- not even keep, not even benching. Just gone. I, I told you this over the weekend that I was looking at Pereira for Bolum or Alanga for Nottingham Forest. Guys that were sold for 10, 15 million that are both better wingers than Anthony, than $80 million bottle drop Anthony. <laughs> uh, Rashford? I think you have to. I think it's, it's just, a, I think he needs the right environment around him in order to be successful. I think he, and I feel like keeping him is going to hurt Hoyland the way it is right now. So I think he needs a good kick in the ass about what his role is on the team. Yeah. Under a new manager, for me, it's just like the guy, the old guy from AFTV, um, Claude. It's time to go. In my opinion, he's out. It's nothing left for him. Um, I'm just keeping with the 
the mainstays that you know. There's some pieces that we uh, we haven't talked about United, but Hoyland, he stays. Oh, I think you have to say that, yeah. Now, here's the controversial one, Greenwood. Here's the thing. If you're going to welcome, well, not welcome Anthony back, just pretend that nothing happened with Anthony and we're going to ship Greenwood off to Spain, which I'm glad he's still kind of on the club's books. It gives them an opportunity to kind of evaluate both from a public opinion perspective and kind of a footballing perspective, whether he has a spot on the team or deserves to be back. But if you're going to, if you're going to be fair in terms of what you did with Anthony to how you approach Greenwood, I think he's someone you want to keep around. Very natural finisher. Yeah. So what I'm, the reason that I did this, cause like it just seems to not be working. So from you, who's usually a pessimistic United fan, uh, and for all those that are United fans, if they listen to the podcast, it just it's just seeming like and maybe other people feel differently. But for you, it seems like we need a better you need a winger or two, right? Uh it just seems like you don't have the wingers and you don't have the midfield that you want. You're pretty you're pretty happy with um well goaltending, it's like Onana, you, you there's impossible to get rid of probably. And he's he's actually a decent keeper. It just you know, he was, let's see if he's settled down now, but um, it seems like you're, I don't think you made any changes. Like you want to strengthen the defense, but you don't necessarily want to get rid of. I think there's an indifference about, because I, I think most of the picks that I said, I had said bench. Yeah, no, I'm. that's why I said like, strength. Uh, when you think of core pieces that you really want to build the team around, there's not. No, there's no, there's not that many. But what I'm saying is is you have these players and they can fit into your, but when you're looking at the wingers and the, the midfield, I think you only mentioned one midfielder. Yeah. One, one midfielder that's always on the team sheet for the most part. And I mean, Mano is, you know, he's, he's an up and coming or whatever. So it just seems like, yeah, your, your wingers and your midfield seem to be people full of people that you're not planning on building a team around, which you know, considering the way that United's ran, it's, you know, it makes a lot of sense. You have no offense. So I just think that's interesting. And even if Tuchel comes in, how do you think Tuchel will help um, if he if he was to come in? How do you think Tuchel could change United? Well, we've seen from, if you look at his time in Chelsea as a cold, like the, what he did in, this, in the Premier League to try and be, be competitive, he played a back, he played a back three, kind of attacking kind of wing backs. Um, what was it? Kind of like, was it a fourth, the three, four, three kind of, I thought, didn't you four or three, four, one, two or something. Didn't he have a similar, um, format to Conte, but he just had like, he would always have the wing backs go for Like I thought he ran it back three, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what? Yeah. Three, four, I think I think three five two something. Well, yeah, yeah, I think it's just a matter of how many you have. And like, was it a cam or two? Because I think that was always that's always but tactically at least my personal feelings on that is I always get nervous if you've only got two kind of dedicated CMs. Yeah, and I think and it, and maybe it could work with United because McTominay's industrious, Mayu's industrious. But I think you need those types of players. In yeah. those situations, and maybe it's a Hoyland and Greenwood as a front and attacking. I think. Do you have Do you have the wing backs though for it? I think Shaw's conventional enough to like Shaw's just pretty good to 
average to pretty good at pretty much every aspect of the game. This is not a system that fits Aaron Wan-Bissaka. No. We know that. Oh, I forgot about Wan-Bissaka. Do you want him gone, or do you, would you rather keep him? Because, okay, I just have to say this out loud, because it's, it's just one of those things that I think when you put in, like Wamba is such a player that you should keep, because it's like if just you're, for a certain situation. Yeah, it's like it, no, because it's just so like you've seen it against Arsenal. I like when when Martinelli was at his absolute peak as far as form goes, he was dancing all over the place. And I remember the United game, and they put out Wan Bissaka, and it's like it's not that either one. Like it was just a complete neutralization of that side. Like it was either they were getting throw-ins or corners. There was nothing coming from Martinelli to be able to score, but at the same time, you're not having any buildup on the right from, from Wambasaka out fast, but God, he's just such a good one V one defender, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. So I would keep him. I don't know about you. Not sorry. I wouldn't bench him. Yeah. That's yeah. probably, but uh, anyways, Tuchel, God doesn't like, I I'm sorry. I'm not even a United fan, but I like Tuchel. You know, he's just I, like yeah. a mad scientist-looking <laughs> guy that you like. I think like yeah. a tall, skinny dork. That... Yeah. But one of the things that and I think this is why I think I like Arteta a little bit. But Tuchel is the is I think one of the poster managers of this. Is I think I don't like Tuchel's pragmatism, but boy, do I ever like that he's a structured manager. And I find Arteta is very attacking, which I love. And he's very, like, you can see that there's structure and you can tell he's a manager that's running the same play over and over again. And I don't know if I, but like Tuchel, he just, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not even, like, I'm excited about this and I'm not even the beneficiary. God, can you imagine Tuchel, Old Trafford? Come on. Oh, get Conte back. <laughs> get him on Liverpool when Klopp leaves. Oh, <clears throat> that would be beautiful. But are we done talking about United? Yeah. God, it's just sad. Oh, it is. But I, here's the thing. Ratcliffe, you know, he talked about, um, he, as long as, you know, Ten Hag's got, you know, the message, you have to do better, man, or you're gone. And also, Radcliffe has said um, that they are, you know, looking for the future and success. But he's he's also, you know, he showed some intent on some of these players have to go so it, it looks like it's, you know, going in the right direction, but we'll see. We'll see with United. Arsenal, though. I don't know why they couldn't do that against Porto. God, Arsenal had opened up. Opened up Newcastle. Yeah, it looked like another oh. performance that easily could have been five or six. Oh, Havertz missed. A sitter. A sitter. Didn't, doing Havertz things, man. But... I got I got to pull this up, but you can you can give your little thing. But I'm like, whew. I I just have to say this, and you can talk. But it's like we've had 27, no, 26 goals and three in the last three games or something or five six games in the Premier League, and it's one of those things where, like, does this look really bad for Jesus, or is it just a coincidence that? We're scoring a like a. When we're talking about several games in a row, I think this is that'd be like the fourth. Like I mean, I think what was it, five or six, five, four, the last three. Well, we in the last six, like we we've scored three goals, Average. like every single game. So it, I well, think at least it was three. So I think yeah. So I think it was three. I think it was three one three one. Five or six five four. 
five, six, yeah. more, something like that. Yeah. So it's like, um, cause we, we shut out, we had a clean sheet at West Ham and a clean sheet at, uh, I can't remember the other team that we obliterated, but Bournemouth. No, no. Yes. Bournemouth. It was Bournemouth. Yes. It, no, Burnley. 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 That's who it was. And, uh, so I'm just wondering, like, does this look bad on Jesus? Well, it could. I don't think it's, I think it's unrealistic to think that that's something that I think the five, six, that's an anomaly. But if you can score three goals on average per game, you're setting yourself up to have a tremendous amount of success. And we're talking too about a side that's defensively been pretty good and pretty consistent in terms of that side of the ball as well. I think they've conceded 22 or 23 goals in 25, 26 games. Yeah. Something like that. So it's a it's a sound defensive structure. Probably the best center back pairing on the whole. Like when you think of both uh, both players, Gabriel and Saliba in the Premier League. Are you ready? Are you ready to say that Saliba is the best center back in the league? I'm ready to say that they're the best partnership. Okay, you're not ready to say individual. Yeah, because I, personally, I think this season, not like overall or whatever, but I think this season he's played better than Van Dyke. But obviously. Van yeah, Dyke beats Van him. Dyke or is it Ruben Diaz that, that was the benchmark? Is the was the benchmark? No, I'm just saying. No, if you're just looking at the season, I'm not. That's why I don't like the word benchmark because it's like those players are far better in their whole thing. But I'm just saying you're looking at this season. Who's been the best center back? And I think out of the two people that have been the best center backs, I think it's been Van Dyke and it's been Saliba. And I think Gabrielle's been in the top five, but like. If you're looking at it like as far as say the past three seasons or whatever, I don't think um, like Saliba is not close to where Diaz or Van Dyke were like in their best seasons. I just mean right now looking at it, who's the best? Who's playing the best right now at this season? I think it's Saliba, but that, that's just me. That yellow card or, or lack thereof record is extraordinary. Oh, he he is like people always say like that Roll Royce type of thing. And let me tell you, it's just it's just one of those things that yeah, no yellow or limited yellows. He can he can ball play, and he just looks so calm. Like when he's except for that one little thing that he had with Rayo, but it, it just looked like he's just he can he feels like he's strong enough to hold up the ball when people are against him and all that. But that's the when I mean, you think about the great center back pairings in the Premier League history, you, it's the contrast between. Like a ball player, still smoother on the ball, and then a no nonsense physical. Like, Gabrielle's physical. Like a Gabrielle. <laughs> Gabrielle is like a Nemanja Vidic, and, and Saliba oh, okay. is like a Ferdinand. No, okay, but let's let's okay. I hate those comparisons because I know you do. But it's just it's one of those. It just sets it up for doom. But I just love that it's like because people always talk about the striker thing. I would still like a striker, but it is one of those things where, like Arsenal are getting goals from every year, here, everywhere. Here's a here's a little stat though is Rashford and Havertz have both played 25 matches in the Premier League and they both have two assists and Havertz has six goals and Rashford has five. Mind you, Rashford's playing horrible this season, but even Havertz, who everybody has been saying has been the worst signing of the season, is actually putting in production currently in this Arsenal team. So it's it's not like we're having somebody score over and over again. The other thing is Rio Ferdinand. Dumbass. Okay, well, hang on. No, no, I just want to say this. Saka has 16 goals in the Premier League. From a winger, 16 goals 
25 games. Come on. Like, that's freaking... And it, you still have, what, nine games? No, hang on. I can't it's do math here. Days. 13 games? Yeah. Whatever. Anyways, it's just... I don't know. Saka's been like... I don't know what it is. He doesn't look like he's that cutting edge, but he, he puts up stats. And Martin Odegaard, he's leading, Brian. You like this stat. You like Odegaard that he does this. He's leading. He makes 3.5 passes into the box, like where the pass has been completed, a game. He's leading it. Nobody else is. I mean, De Bruyne's been injured, so that's the only one. But it's like, and I think Saka has 2.5. So there's penetration. And Ar- Arsenal have the most touches in the in the opposing box. So it's one of those things that you're seeing the free-flowing. I just want to see more potency. Anyways, you can get going. Oof. I think I think there's going to come a time where they're going to be looking for goals. Like you talked about the, the great city side that looked unbeatable. And they were for quite a while without a, a designated number nine. So I suspect there's going to come a time where you know, Arsenal are going to be looking for goals out of that number nine position or some, or someone to, like a, a concentrated target to aim at. But until then, let the good times roll. Oh, oh. there's a, oh, I'm telling you that Etihad game. Massive. Was there, no matter what, there's always going to be a place for a good number nine that can hold up the ball and score goals. But no matter what tactics evolve in any which direction there's always a need for that oh absolutely i I would never i like strikers like i i like the role of the striker but um one of the interesting things about all that is um i just you you know it's one of the cases that's bugging me out is like when jesus comes back you put him in the side like it's just or do you just let it i think well a lot of times that a player comes back injured they they tactically nurse them back in whether they get half an hour they get and then you can kind of get a feel for it and if he scores or if it looks like he's actually a little bit disruptive to what has been doing then you because leave him up one thing we know about arteta he doesn't give a shit no he doesn't (laughs) but it is interesting because it seems like without jesus we've stopped the interplay and it looks more like a regular you know Havertz sneaks in whatever but anyways it's, it's fun to be an arsenal fan i cannot Cannot wait for this weekend. I think play Sheffield? It's, I'm telling you, we might have... <laughs> it's going to be a freaking more goal. Oh, he's like, yeah. Oh, I'm telling you, Brian. <laughs> if we're... I would be this worried could, if we're Is this Sheffield. the time where you lose, like, you don't... You get shut out by Sheffield, like, until oh, after all this better stuff? better not. I'm telling you. Because, like, not to, not to try and play the mind games, but, like... Four goals should be the minimum expectation That's against the Sheffield. My side. prediction for this weekend, Brian. <laughs> Five one, Brian. <laughs> I don't see anything from Sheffield. They are terrible, but that, obviously that the universe is going to tell us otherwise. But I'm wearing red this weekend, though, for both games because I'm telling you, United versus City, and when United's struggling, that's when you put money on them to beat yeah. City. So. I am hoping, Brian. There's Ole Gunnar Scholzgar comes out with a steel chair. Oh, I just, you know what I want? I want, oh, I want them to be screaming, okay, for a Scandinavian, but it's not going to be Holland. God, I would just love Hoyland hat trick. Wouldn't that be just poetic? I think he's out. Oh, if it's not, I want McTominay. But unless he, like, unless it's a Mike Smith moment for Hoyland. Oh, 
That would be beautiful. Oh, game time decision. Oh, I'm telling you, I need this win from United. Yeah, I just, I mean, here's the thing. Like, all things logically speaking, United shouldn't have a hope. But we consider that they just lost. That seems like it's a, like, like the universe things that we just talked about in terms of the universe screwing with you or whatever. United losing makes them a more favorite. United, I think, have a better record at the Etihad the last five, ten years than they do at Old Trafford against City. Yeah. I just think City's going to turn it on at some point. They've won their last couple of games within one goal, or they were 1-0 to a team that they should have killed. They were they tied 1-1 with whoever else. And it, it always seems like in the second half of game, City, you're just watching the TV, and you're like, can Chelsea hold on to this 1-0? One, one and you're like, Oh no, they're turned like they've decided it's it's time to you know show the magic. So, anyways, so, you know logically, I gotta say it's like a three-one yeah. city. Well, here's the thing that I find interesting. It pisses me off with the odds makers, not because of Arsenal, but City's the favorites, and obviously they're the favorites. But like, I don't understand how odds are made because if there's an odd for like um, an odds maker for. Like, if it's based on statistics, all that kind of stuff. Like, City's got a difficult schedule, and they have to play Arsenal and Liverpool. And maybe they're using that to the advantage, but I think they have a 54% chance of winning the league. Arsenal? No, City. Oh, City. And I, I just... It confuses me why Liverpool doesn't have the... Like, their points clear of, of, Liverpool, or of City, so it's literally in their hands to win the league, Liverpool. So... It, it makes no sense to me how the odds are. Like when we're talking about feelings and we're like, surely City's going to turn it on. And that, I, think that's, I think that's part of it. Because I don't know if there's a mathematical big engine that they put all these things yeah. into and the, or whether it's just someone that's supposed to know a lot about football just makes it up in his head. Yeah, I don't know either. So anyways, let's get into stoppage time here. Okay, so what's going on with Chelsea? Who's to blame? For the one billion pound bottle no, I just have to It has to be Todd Bowley. No, like, like no it's not. Pochettino. Of course you're going to say that. That guy is a fraud. I hate that, man. You go ahead. You you talk about Todd Bowley. I think this starts... Because if, if, starts... if I do remember, uh, he is also um, uh, another franchise owner. And that, that franchise seems to be pretty good at their sport. So, yeah, I don't... Well, that's the... like the, the, He owns the Real Madrid of baseball. So... And I think we talked about, I don't know how the Dodgers are particularly run, but I think they have people that know stuff about baseball running the Dodgers where, I mean, Todd, Chelsea would be a great team if they could put 12 players on the pitch like Todd Bowley suggested. <laughs> the 4-4-3, four, the, the four, four, revolutionary. But I think, it's, it, I think it starts with, with um, Todd Bowley because I think we, we've seen multiple managers watch he's gonna hire Tuchel and forget that he fired him probably <laughs> you know here's the thing and it's it may, this might be the Tuchel bias in me but I feel like Tuchel like could have turned it around like I don't like it was just in the weird seat like it was weird for him to fire him like it seemed like he fired him not out of footballing reasons but like personal like I think Tuchel was like bully like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about so like let me play let me do my job and Tuchel or, and bully was like what do you mean? I know stuff, you know? So I, I don't know what happened there, but I think Poch is out of his depth. Like, it's just, 
I don't know why he has such a high CV amongst people because it's just, anyways, I'm not going on that rant today, but it does start with bully. Like it's, you fired Tuchel too quickly. Who was the next guy after that? Or who, who how many managers? Well, then Lamp- had three. Lampard was, well, oh, Graham Potter. Yeah, Graham Potter. And then Lampard, but then Lampard Lampard. doesn't really count. No, but Potter, Potter was maybe he was partially out of his depth, didn't know how, but it, I, yeah, I, I mean, in all seriousness, Bully has to take a lot because of how he's decided to buy all these players. Um, anyways, let's get on to the next one. Everton, uh, instead of having ten points deducted, they have six now. Isn't this just ridiculous? It, Isn't it stupid? Go ahead. It just seems that what's the what's the amount that we can deduct them, but still we'll let them safely stay in the Premier League? That's what this ten to six feels like. Oh, I got my tinfoil hat on. No, I think it's because, oh my God, if we deduct 10 from them for this. So they're just, they're just priming themselves to be nicer to City than what they that's should That's what be. I think. Tinfoil hat on completely. Because I think they're like, holy, okay, we're going to have to. Like, what is, if six times, or if one times six is six, what is six times 115? <laughs> but I just think, I, I honestly think they're doing this because I don't think they want to relegate City. So it's they're gonna try to get some punishment that's super harsh, but not relegation. So, what did Rio Ferdinand say? Why do we add him to the list? Well, he here? just thinks Arteta would take the United job in a freaking second. You know, I I don't understand where this guy comes from. Obviously, United's a bigger job; it's a bigger club. But like, holy man, what do you think Klopp's coming to United? Like, I think sh- I think oh. those kind of statements you you bet you get you benefit you you get your a benefit of the doubt that people will still listen to you because of your playing career. Yeah. But if, if Mark Ogden comes in, if Gab Marcotti comes in and yeah. says this, that's it. Oh, absolutely. And we'll continue in the next episode. We'll see you next week.